Welcome to Small Business Big Challenge, the podcast that gives you the right tools, the knowledge, and the confidence to start and grow your small business. Because what stands between you and your most ambitious dreams has less to do with having a genius idea and far more about how you approach problems, make decisions to solve them, and have the courage to implement them. So without further ado, from the beautiful village of Cuba, New York, your host, Lionel Legree. I wonder how many business owners don't know what SEO stands for. What about if I tell you it stands for Search Engine Optimization? In brief, SEO is what helps you come up at the top of Google searches. When I mentor a startup, the first thing I tell them is to create a website, even if they already have a successful Facebook or TikTok channel. That's because not everyone is or wants to be on Facebook or TikTok and you need to log in to fully access these social media platforms. Meanwhile, a website is available to anyone with a computer, tablet, or smartphone, which is pretty much anyone. But creating a website is not enough. You need to draw traffic to it, and one of the many ways to do so is to come up on top of searches when people search the keywords that represent your brand. This is done with search engine optimization, and this is the topic of our episode today. My guest today is Brandon Libovitz. Brandon got his start in digital marketing after graduating from college with a degree in business marketing, and his first job was to handle the marketing aspects of an e-commerce website, including search engine optimization. Later on, Brandon started his own company called SEO Optimizers, and he had a friend of his build a website for his company in exchange for doing SEO for his friend's insurance website. His friend's website got ranked above government websites for all of his major keywords, and that's how he started to freelance until he was able to recently quit his day job to concentrate on his company full-time. Today, Brendan helps small and medium-sized companies to get ranked at the top of Google searches by using search engine optimization tactics and bringing in traffic via social media and paid ads. Brendan lives in Los Angeles, California, and when he's not doing search engine optimization, he enjoys skating and snowboarding. Brendan, welcome to Small Business Big Challenge. Thanks for having me on. Well, Brendan, tell us about your first job in e-commerce and how that led you to learn SEO. Oh, my first job was after I got my degree business, in business marketing. I got offered a job to do digital marketing at this company, and I really know much about it. They said, don't worry, we don't know much about digital marketing either. So it's kind of interesting. And they're like, we'll teach you and like let you go to classes and workshops and kind of learn with you. So took that job and was helping out with pretty much all aspects of digital marketing. I was helping out with like the social media. I was doing email marketing. I was running paid ads for them. I was doing search engine optimization. I was even taking pictures of the products and writing product descriptions. So 
of running their website and realized back then that everyone's going to have a website in the future. And all these definitely work. I'm not saying don't do these tactics, but SEO is just a way to get free traffic. Running paid ads, social media, it all works. It definitely works. I'm not saying don't do it, but SEO is just a way to tap into that free traffic. And who doesn't want free traffic? So that's really what I focused on over the years is just how to get that free traffic. And, you know, it often says that entrepreneurs are the only people who, who work 80 hours a week not to work 40 hours for someone else. So what's your experience now that you own your own company? Yeah, no, that is pretty accurate. Yeah. <laughs> you work a lot more, but you get to pick and choose what hours you work, which makes it a little bit easier. So not just working 10, 12 hours straight. Well, I mean, some days you do, but at least you're, it's more flexible and you could travel, which is nice. Well, when you could do that, you could just pick up, take my laptop and go anywhere and work anywhere in the world. But I do like the flexibility and the hours that you put in, you see it results in your business growing. So if you're just sitting around watching Netflix or something like maybe I'll just do a little bit of work instead of just hanging out here because you can see the productivity and actually get something out of it. So yeah, I definitely see you working a lot more, but it pays off in the end. So it's definitely worthwhile. And I know you're really busy, so thank you for being on the show today. Yeah, not a problem. I'm glad to help share some knowledge and spread the word about SEO and digital marketing strategies to others. Oh, so to start, can you define for non-technical people what SEO means exactly? So SEO is search engine optimization, and that means optimizing websites for the different search engines. But So when you search in Google, or any search engine for the most part, there's going to be ads at the top. There's going to be ads at the bottom. Those are all paid ads. They say ad really tiny. But in between those ads are the organic results. There's 10 websites listed there, and that's what SEO is all about, is getting your website in those 10 free spots on that first page of Google. But nowadays, when you search in Google, it's not just websites that appear. There's images that appear sometimes. Videos appear in the organic. Maps appear if you're a local business. So... Try to optimize all your images on your website. If you have any videos, optimize those videos because the more free real estate you can take up on that first page of Google, the better off you're going to be. So it's really just trying to optimize all that content and trying to just get that free traffic from Google or whatever search engine you might be using. It could be even Facebook or Amazon is a search engine. So whatever platform you're on, there's always ways to kind of optimize that and try to get you up there organically. So let's start by talking about how you optimize your content with keywords. So keyword research is the number one starting point. You got to find the right keywords and there's a ton of different ways to do that. I like to just go and spy my competitors, like go into Google, search your keywords and see what your competition is using. Look at the blue clickable link because that's called the SEO title tag. And that's where your competitors are going to be primarily putting their keywords. So you go into Google, see what other people are utilizing get ideas, but then I always check. So, well, first I look for patterns. Like if I'm doing an SEO class and then I search in Google and I see everyone's using the keyword SEO training because SEO training gets 10 times more searches than SEO class. Mm. Maybe I'm going to be like, all right, maybe I should use the word SEO training, but I'm not going to trust them because you never know websites might be outdated with their keyword research. So I want to take those keywords that I find and throw them into the different tools, like the Google keyword planner. It's a free tool from Google, or you could, buy paid tools, but Google Keyword Planner, it's free and it's straight from Google. So it's going to give you the data that you want to see and just use that to make sure they're high search volume keywords that have intent behind them. So not just trying to rank for 
any random keyword just because it gets a lot of search volume, but making sure that keyword is actually relevant to my business and going to bring people that actually want to utilize my product or service, not just random visitors. And with this Google tool, can you see how competitive the keyword is? Yeah, well, depending on which tool. So the Google Keyword Planner will show you competitiveness, but that's really for ads. So okay. it shows you how much competition is for the ads. So the Google Keyword Planner is not for SEO. The only SEO part of it is just how much search volume. But there's other tools like Ahrefs that's pretty good for keyword research and Moz. And I mean, there's so many. These are all paid tools, but they're all they're all taking the data from the Google Keyword Planner, making it look prettier into not just bland looking data, but they make it look nice and pretty. And they give you some more st stats about competitiveness and things like that. So there's other tools that are definitely more in depth that will show you all that data, but you got to pay for them. One of the ways to rank higher in Google searches is by using good quality backlinks. Can you tell us what good quality backlinks are? So you could put website or keywords all over your website, but Google doesn't trust anybody. They see these keywords on your website and they just say, all right, we see you put these keywords here, but how do we know you are who you really say you are? Because too many people have tricked us over the years. I mean, you got to think about like the dark web, like half of the internet is kicked off Google because of just weird, shady things. So Google has to scrutinize every website to make sure you really are credible and trustworthy. And the way to build that trust up with Google is by getting other websites to talk about you. The more websites that talk about you, the more trust Google has, and then Google looks at the keywords to figure out what to rank you for, but it doesn't work the other way around. And getting other websites to talk about you is essentially called backlinks. Having clickable links that point from another website to your website. The more websites that point to yours, the more trust Google's gonna have. But fortunately, over the years, a lot of people have tried to game the system and trick Google. And so Google updates are out of them pretty much daily. They're trying to figure out ways that people are trying to trick and kind of game the system. So backlinks are one of the biggest things that people have always been trying to figure out loopholes or ways to build backlinks. So nowadays it's all about quality backlinks. In the past, it used to just be, if I have a hundred backlinks and you had 105 backlinks, you would rank higher than me. But now it's all about quality over quantity. So what is a quality backlink to Google? A quality backlink means it comes from a relevant website, an authoritative website. Like if I'm a, let's say like I'm a doctor, and I'm getting a backlink from an SEO company, that's going to look a little weird. Like, why is an SEO company linking out to a doctor? That wouldn't make sense. But if the doctor is getting a backlink from like WebMD or Wikipedia or MapQuest or something like that, or anything related to like wellness, health, that's going to align better. So finding relevant websites is the number one thing with the backlinks. Because if you build the wrong type of backlinks, instead of ranking higher, you actually drop down in rankings, which is last thing we want to happen. We want to make you sure you move up, not down. So backlinks, you have to be very, very careful with those. So what are the different ways to create those good quality backlinks? Is it to create some content and offer it to other websites? Is it to exchange backlinks? What are the best methods? Um, yeah, this, there's like millions of different ways. It's kind of, but now it's making sure you build the right one. So the right type of backlinks means really relevant websites. And the easiest way to get on a relevant website is by building relationships with these other websites by blogging on them. So cold emailing websites, building relationships with them and trying to essentially see if you could give them a free blog post or an article or something like that, some type of content for them because everybody wants content. And in that content would be a clickable link that points back to your website. 
But also there's a ton of other different ways. I would definitely look at your competitors' backlinks, see what's working from them, because if it's working for them, it's more than likely going to work for you. You just have to look at what strategies they've implemented and all that could be seen using Ahrefs or Moz or SEMrush, all paid tools, but those will show you all of your competitors' backlinks. And then you can kind of see what's what they're doing. Again, don't take every backlink that they've built because some backlinks might be from 15 years ago and those are low quality ones. So it's all about finding the good quality ones that your competitors have, meaning finding what websites that are relevant and authoritative. Those are the two really kind of things that Google and that you should be looking for when you're building backlinks. And is there a tool you can use to know if you're doing well with SEO on your own website? That one is tricky depending on your skill level. If you know SEO, then you can look at the coding. So what we see and what Google sees is completely different. Google is looking at the coding. We need to put keywords in different places and there's free or yeah, there's like free tools that will audit your website and kind of give you feedback. But a lot of them are not the most accurate or outdated. Or they tell you stuff that doesn't really matter anymore, but I would really look at the coding of your website to see that you have keywords in the right areas, like the title tag or the meta description, making sure your images are optimized by having good image file names. So don't just upload image 001.jpg to your website, but name the image with descriptive words. But the more important thing is backlinks. If you don't have backlinks, none of that stuff is really going to matter. And also the way to kind of qualify or check is looking at Google Analytics or Google Search Console, both are free tools from Google that will show you your traffic and kind of show you what's going on. Like Google Search Console will let you know if your website loads slowly, if it doesn't load on mobile. It's not going to tell you all the issues, but it'll tell you a few issues. So Search Console is all for SEO. to show you anything about your website data, and that's from Google. Google Analytics is going to show you everything about your traffic, which is great, but Search Console is everything related to organic traffic. And in terms of content, You recommend not to copy and paste content from other websites. And beside the obvious legal reasons, how would that affect your SEO? Yeah, so Google doesn't want duplicate content. So if I wrote an article and publish it, and then everyone else takes it and publishes on their own website, everyone else is going to be hit with the penalty for duplicate content. I'll rank. So whoever publishes content first, they'll rank. They'll get all the credit. Everyone else is potentially going to get penalized from Google because Google wants unique content. Imagine you're searching online, like imagine you're driving and then you get a flat tire and then you search on Google, how to fix my flat tire. And then the same 10 articles appear on that first page. That's not going to help you out. So you want different unique perspectives, different point of views. So Google wants other unique perspectives. They don't want just the same content there. So original content is very, very important. It has to be unique. If it's been published elsewhere, I would just leave it there and write some unique, re reword it, rewrite it, but it has to be rewritten. You can't just copy and paste it. And how do you handle uh, videos? Is Google able to read the closed caption? Um, so Google owns YouTube, which is one of the biggest websites out there. Yeah. So having video content is so very important. And Google has had is not the best at reading videos or images yet. They're getting better at it. So I would definitely recommend transcribe your video, put closed captions, but transcribe the video in the description as well, because that also, I mean, nowadays we're getting better. Like with most cell phones, if the newer cell phones, you could take a picture and it'll like pull the text out. So YouTube could definitely pull the text out of the closed captions, but if they're auto generating it, it's not going to be the best. Just like when you do voice to text, 
it gets it like 80%, 90% of the time, but it's not perfect. It's a lot better than it used to be, but it's still not there. So I would definitely transcribe your whole video and just have it there for the time being. It's going to change eventually, but for right now, the more you could spoon feed Google or YouTube or any of these platforms, the easier it's going to be because they're just algorithms. They're just robots. They're not that smart. They're smart enough, but they're they're robots. They need your help. So the more you help them, the more they're going to reward you. And for brick and mortar stores, how do you do SEO for local traffic specifically in Google Maps? Yeah, so to do local, it's a little bit different. Well, so for Google Maps, it's completely different. You want to go sign up for an account on Google My Business. You create an account, get a listing in there. And when you're filling it out the information, it might say, write 500 words about your business. If you write 200 words, that's good. But like I just said earlier, content is so very important. The more content you have, the better. So make sure you fill it out to 500 words till it's maxed out. And this is the same for Yelp too, like Yelp and Google, or probably TripAdvisor, all these platforms where you're filling it out. Make sure you fill out all that information as much as possible. Don't leave anything blank. Make sure when you upload your images, name them with keywords. So just like I was saying earlier, like naming your images with words for your website, you want to do the same thing, but for Google and Yelp. And here I would actually kind of spam the file name. Like on your website, you want to, if it's an image of like happy people, you just want to put like happy people.jpg. But if we're doing it for Yelp or Google My Business, I want to put like happy people Los Angeles if I'm in Los Angeles, or happy people, 90732, whatever zip code or area code you're targeting. So just trying to throw those in those image file names helps out a lot. Reviews are very important. Not the number of reviews, but actually what's in the review is so very important. So if someone writes a review saying, Brandon was the best. He helped me out. He's so knowledgeable. I highly recommend him. That's good, but it doesn't have keywords. If I someone writes a review saying, I live in Los Angeles. I was looking for an SEO company. I found Brandon. He helped me get my website ranked on Google for all my keywords. Like just putting keywords in there, like Los Angeles, SEO company, Google, that type of stuff. That really, really helps out a lot for local. And then getting your business located, or it's called citations, your business name, address, and phone number kind of become like backlinks. So the more places your business name, address, and phone number are listed on the internet on other websites. Essentially, those are like backlinks. The more trust Google's gonna have, and they're gonna make you high. Like, imagine you're like a doctor and you create a listing on Google My Business, and Google's like, okay, we see this listing's there, but how do we really know you are who we, how do we know you really exist there? Like, we just see you on Google Maps. But if you're on Yelp, you're on Bing Maps, you're on Apple Maps, you're on Yellow Pages, you're on MapQuest, you're on all these other maps, then Google's like, wait, maybe you are a local business. But making sure your information is accurate is very, very important. Your business name, address, and phone number need to be 100% accurate and consistent across the web. Otherwise, it's going to, again, Google's just a robot. If they see that you're on like 123 Main Street, and then you have Street ST abbreviated, and then other places you might have Street spelled out. I mean, Google's getting better at it, but still, it could potentially trick them. So just trying to keep everything consistent which is tough if you move or change phone numbers because then you have to change all or change business names, uh, change everything, which is a big hassle. But consistency is so very important for those. So would you recommend owners of a YouTube channel or a podcast to also have a website for all the keywords? Yeah, I would recommend because 
it's like social media. Like you're just renting a space. Like you might have an Instagram page. You might have a podcast on Spotify or Stitcher or iTunes, but you don't own that. That's not yours. They own that stuff. So you could take the podcast and put it on your own website and then you have 100% full control because who knows what's going to happen if in the future, like MySpace, it's still there. But if everyone just put all their eggs in one basket and just push MySpace, they're like, oh, I should have focused on some other stuff. So you definitely want to throw it out as many places as possible, get as much exposure and visibility for your content, but always put on your own, build your own website and put on your website first. So you get all the credit for having it published first on your website because that really will help out in the long run. You own that website, that's yours to control forever. Hmm. That's a good point. And you also were talking uh, previously about how Google learns and gets smarter and smarter every time. So does it mean that the SEO strategy I have today is not going to be something that's going to work in six months or a year? Potentially. That part, nobody really knows. But Google's changing their algorithm every single day to really fight off spammers. So if you're doing something weird or shady that like you're like, I don't know if this is actually ethical, but it's working to get me rankings, that's where you're like, all right, this is going to be short-lived because eventually someone's going to catch on. Like if you're going to like Fiverr or something like that to buy backlinks where it's like you buy backlinks for $5, that's something where you're like, oh, I would be a little skeptical because you got to think like Google's going there, buying all these backlinks, you can devalue them and penalize them. So as long as you're doing everything by the books or by what Google says, like Google Webmaster Guidelines will tell you what they're looking for. But essentially, you just build good quality backlinks and have good content that's original content. You don't really have to worry too much about their algorithm updates. I mean, some of them pop up like, we want to make sure your website's mobile friendly, which should have a mobile friendly website anyways, or want your website to load quickly. So it's all kind of stuff that makes sense. It's not stuff that Google's like, all right, we don't want to look at backlinks anymore. We're going to not look at content. It's just, we're going to change how we look at it because people are spamming us and they don't want people gaming the system. So uh, how often would you recommend someone to review their SEO strategy? Well, I would, I haven't really changed the strategy in the past few years, but I definitely go in and look at, what other people are doing, look at the competition, see if there's new things that pop up and emerge, look at, or I read in industry journals or like stay up to date with like networking with other people that do SEO to see if there's any trends or new things that are popping up with like schema and like FAQ stuff that came out a couple of years ago. But other than that, it's really just kind of sticking with what works and what Google says is ethical according to what their guidelines are and just making sure you stick within those standards and don't veer too far off from it. And when you do your optimization, how long does it take for Google to update everything? Is it a question of hours, days, weeks? That part is tricky. So Google, yeah, so you can make changes on your website. And depending on how often Google crawls your website, they might find that new page or the new tweaks you make on that page within a couple hours, a couple minutes, a couple days. Usually not longer than maybe like a week if your website doesn't get a lot of traffic, it'll find it eventually. But the part that really moves you up the needle is the backlinks. So me getting published on other websites gets me, builds that trust up. And so I could write an art, like I could get published on, let's say New York Times and the New York Times wrote an article about me, but Google might not find that article for a couple of days, a couple of weeks, a couple of months, maybe never because there's so much content out there on the internet doesn't matter what website you're on. There's just so much content and Google only has so much crawl element that they're only crawling so many pages on the internet. They can't find every page. So sometimes it takes them a while. Sometimes they never find these backlinks. And 
if they don't find these backlinks, that's where you're just kind of waiting and waiting, like, come on, Google, what's going on? Can you find this backlink? And in the past, there were tools that you just submit these backlinks to Google, but now those tools. I remember that time. Yeah. Yeah. That made it a lot easier. That was nice where you just submit those backlinks, Google would index them and find them. But yeah, unfortunately, it does, like for a new website, it takes about like six months to really kind of build some trust up because Google wants to see constant growth. They don't want to just see you building backlinks for one month and then it just stops. That looks a little weird too. Like that's not a normal website. Google wants slow, natural growth of you always getting backlinks, always be, yeah, growing essentially. That's what Google, to a normal website, Google would think would be happening. Yeah, I mean, you really wonder how Google is able to keep up with all the content that's created every single day. In 2014, there were 2.4 billion internet users. And in 2019, there was already 4.4 billion internet users or 83% increase in just five years. I really wonder how they keep up with the demand. Yep, I agree. There's just too much content and Google's, unless Google, I mean, Google has infinite money so they could just keep building more and more bots, but fighters, but I don't know if they want to spend all that time doing that. And there's so much, nowadays it's so easy to build a website. Only any, almost anyone can just build a website on WordPress or Shopify or Wix or Squarespace and just throw it up and then like, oh, I don't want this website anymore. And they just leave it up and Google's like, do I need to crawl this? Is this still valid? And some page, some websites could have millions of pages and that's where Google's just like, we can't deal with all this. It's just too much. And is your Google ranking depends on the platform you use to create your website? If I use Shopify, Wix or WordPress, am I going to rank differently? No, the website platform doesn't matter. It just matters how you use it. So WordPress kind of is open source or is open source. So anybody could add anything and make any changes to it. So you're kind of free to do whatever you want. Whereas like Wix and Squarespace really limit what they're better at it, but they kind of limit to the extent that you could customize and tweak the coding. Shopify is pretty SEO friendly for the most part for e-commerce. So there's not much you really need to do there, but it's, but then again, it is making sure that you utilize that stuff. Just because it says it's SEO friendly doesn't mean your website's SEO friendly. You got to make sure you put the right title tags, the best descriptions, got to have content, put schema, put all this stuff that Google's looking for in the website. So just having an SEO friendly platform really means nothing. It's what you do with it. So are you saying that the SEO on Wix is more difficult than doing your SEO on uh, WordPress, for example? A little bit, yeah. Nowadays, it's not as bad, but in the past, Wix really kind of limited. I feel like a lot of people complained to Wix over the years, saying, like, we need some of these functionalities and features of, like, basic SEO, like canonical tags and sitemaps and stuff like that, where I don't think they had them a few years ago. I haven't used Wix recently, but I just remember in the past that, and Squarespace, it really did not have all the features that you would want for an SEO-friendly, on-page SEO-friendly website. And do you think there's going to be some AI tools soon that's going to be able to help you with SEO? I mean, right now there's a bunch of AI bots that create content because content is so very important. So a lot of these bots are like spinners where they'll find synonyms of words and throw them in, replace them. And then you read the article and it doesn't really read properly. So Google's like, hold on, we want to make sure this content is unique, but also readable. So like, yeah, the bots are definitely for the content. Content bots are a little interesting. I don't know how that's going to end up playing out because some of this content that I see written out, you can't tell the difference. And I don't know what's going to happen with content in the future. That one is a little scary and a little weird because they could just take all this information and just compile it into completely new 
articles that are sometimes better than the original ones, but the backlinks too, there's a lot of tools and bots that kind of just artificially build backlinks. Those nowadays don't work as well. I mean, they still work to get backlinks, but those backlinks don't help as much for SEO. So there's always, anytime there's a way to automate things, people find a way to do it. It's just making sure that's within Google standards. It's not just spammy, low quality backlinks or low quality content that's not readable for people. So you're saying that some people are using some AI content writers and just copy and paste some content from other websites and then just have the AI content writer reformulate the content so Google is not able to see that it was the same original content? Mm -hmm. Yep, that happens all the time. Because I've write content is so very important, so I have to hire writers to help me out. And I always have to check their content. It's called Copyscape. It's a free tool. Or not free. It's like eight cents to check a website, a page, or an article, or blog post, or whatever it is, but it'll check that content to make sure it's original. And that's just a tool. That's not Google. Google's algorithm is probably way more sophisticated, but Copyscape is a great way to quickly just check, double check, make sure this is original content, or even check, did someone steal content off my website? Then you can figure out, like, someone copied me, and I can reach out to them and tell them, like, take this down, or give me credit, or, like, what's going on? Why do we have the same content? Interesting. And I get this question all the time. And I know it's going to be really hard to answer it, but can you give us kind of an estimate of how much it would cost for a small company with a small website of like 10, 20 pages to do the search engine optimization? So with SEO, it is kind of dependent on how much SEO has been done to their website versus the competitors. So that's kind of like the, the number one thing is like how many backlinks, it really comes down to backlinks for the most part. How many backlinks do you have versus the competitors? If you have like 20 backlinks and competitors have 5,000 backlinks, it's going to take a lot longer and we're going to have to really push a lot harder versus if the competitors only have 100 backlinks, that's not as bad to be to go after. So with pricing, it really just varies, but on average it might be like anywhere from like 1,000 to a few thousand, depending on how in-depth to even more if it's a big e-commerce website with hundreds, thousands of products because... Especially you're going to want to try to optimize all those pages on the website or the main categories, at least, to get all that fully optimized. And is there like an ongoing rate of backlinks? Backlinks just kind of depends on competitors as well. So with SEO, we're not really trying to beat Google. It's not just like, this is Google's algorithm. This is what we're going to beat. We're just trying to beat those 10 websites on the first page of Google, seeing how much SEO they've done. So usually I would... You don't want to build too many backlinks because if you build too many, Google will actually penalize you for over-optimization, doing too much SEO. So finding that sweet spot of maybe building like five to 10, well, making it different. So maybe one month you build five, another one you build seven, another month you build three, another month you build four, another month you build zero backlinks, one month you build nine backlinks. So you're not just building five or like a pattern. You want to just keep it looking as organic and natural as possible to Google, but trying to find a sweet spot of not too many but not too little, but even just one or two a month is still going to move you in the right direction. It's just going to take a lot longer, but still a positive traction. So you recommend to really work on your SEO uh, every month instead of just doing it once a year and then forget about it. Yeah, you can't do that. If, yeah, Google nowadays could see through all that and sees, all right, one month you got this giant spike in backlinks. After that, it just can't stay stagnant or dropped off. And then the same next year, the same thing happens. One month you just spike. And then it just kind of stays stagnant. It's not going to be as effective. 
And I know you created a lot of good content on your YouTube channel on SEO. What other resources would you recommend for people who want to learn more about SEO? Yeah, no, I would definitely recommend going and reading up on different blogs and forums and Facebook groups are pretty good nowadays to like connect with other people. Forums used to be good, but they've kind of lost some quality standard, a lot of spam in there nowadays. But blogs like Search Engine Watch, Search Engine Journal, Search Engine News, all these search engine URLs, those ones are pretty good for keeping up to date with the different trends and just finding other people like myself or other people in the industry and just trying to watch their content or read their content or whatever type of content they're putting out there. But just make sure whatever you're looking at, watching, reading is somewhat new because what works in the past doesn't always work in the future. For the most part, it will be okay. But if you're watching a video from like 10 years ago, you might say, let me watch something from like two years ago or three years ago because 10 years is a long time and things definitely have changed a lot in that. But just look at the date of what content or what you're looking at. That's really important too. And for our listeners who want to get in touch with you, what's the best way? So everyone that listened, I created a page on my website offering a special gift for everyone. If they go to my website, seooptimizers.com forward slash gift, I create a little page and gift for everybody. So once again, that's seooptimizers.com forward slash gift. Well, thank you, Brendan. And I'll put the link in the notes. And can you tell me now what are your current projects? Right now, I am just trying to kind of step back from doing SEO as much and trying to work on growing the business, still doing SEO, but trying to scale it up and grow it and starting to like hire employees and take it to the next level and just working on just different ways to more of manage a business as a whole versus just doing the marketing since gone the marketing side down or digital side of it down pretty right. well. Yeah. So, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. So good, good amount of leads and growing the business now is just trying to get to that next level. And that's where the next project is just trying to figure out how to get to the next level and also doing some courses, maybe like creating a master class because I've done a lot of classes over the years and everyone just tells me you should do a course and I have all the content. I just need to just compile it and just get it out there. So that would probably be something else I've been working on as well. But for now, I think it's a great idea. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. Once it's out there, I'll let you know and let everyone know. Definitely. And I invite our listeners to go to Brendan's YouTube channels to access videos and webinars on SEO. And we'll put the link in the notes. Brendan, thank you for bringing awareness to the important topic of SEO and for taking the time to be on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks a lot for listening to the show today. If you like this episode, head to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. Leave a rating and a comment while you're there. It really helps new listeners to find the show. You can also join us at smallbusinessbigchallenge.com for more content or to leave a message with your ideas and what you'd like to hear next. If you are starting, running, or supporting a small business, this is your show. So be our next guest and share your story. For more information, go to smallbusinessbigchallenge.com.